This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. I am Tabitha Thomas, your host, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you like learning about how digital agencies run, I encourage you to go hit that subscribe button as we release new episodes each and every Tuesday. So today I have with me Jeff Mendelson. Jeff is a Miami-based digital marketer, strategist, podcaster, lead gen expert, founder, president, and creator-in-chief. Uh, heading multiple businesses, he stays pretty busy, but we're lucky enough to get him to discuss his marketing expertise with us. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is this is really exciting. I'm glad. Yes, to super excited to talk with you. So if you've listened to any of our podcasts, we kind of start them all the same. We end them all the same, which is I kind of like that. It may make us a little bit different, but I like hearing the stories about how someone came to be where they are now, because all of us are in digital marketing, but not all the paths look exactly the same. So did you always know that this is what you want to do? Did you always know that you wanted to own a business or did it kind of just pop up along the way? It, it sort of snuck up on me. I, uh, I don't know if you remember that uh, there was this uh, Super Bowl commercial for monster.com where it was just showing all these complacent kids, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I want to be a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right away, sir. <laughs> I think. And I, I, it didn't hit me at the time when I saw that commercial. Right. But it, but then it just like the more I worked and the more I dealt with the, you know, where I realized that I was building other people's dreams and that whether you work for this huge corporation like American Express or whether this 20 person company that you know, that sells like IVR or, you know, like, like call, like call tracking stuff. You know, I realized that, you know, all I'm doing as a salaried employee is enriching someone else's dream. Right. It, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I didn't quite know how to, how to break out of it. Right. And then you have a bunch of near but external factors, right? Like uh, kids, mortgage, <laughs> your $5 a day uh, coffee habit, right? Like, like all of a sudden talking about me. (laughs) I know. Right. And you, and you get the, uh, you know, you get hooked on it and then it's like, wait a second, you know, the second you write down your, your budget, right. And you're like, Oh shoot, I have to replace that much income in order to maintain the same lifestyle that I have today. That is a scary, scary prospect. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you need to think about then is, okay, how am I going to break out of this? Um, The way I did it was, I was like, you know something, I'm going to become a real estate agent, real estate agent, mortgage broker. So fun fact, one out of every eight citizens in the state of Florida has a real estate license. Okay, so it's, (laughs) you know, it's, so I joined a really big club, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened was, you know, the first thing I did was I'm like, well, I need a website, right? So I go to the supermarket. I get those real estate books, you know, that they have like in the front of the store and I would go through, you know, I just started hacking each one of their websites to see what it is that they were putting, how they were doing it. And I set about rebuilding, you know, building a site, a presence for myself. So after four or five months of doing that, instead of actually going out and doing the actual work I'm saying I'm going to do, which is like selling houses and all that. Right now, keep in mind, I'm doing this all on corporate time, right? I'm doing this all while I, while I had my full-time job. You know, it's just like, oh, geez, you know, until finally one, you know, finally one time, uh, you know, this one guy, you know, he sort of gave me a virtual, you know, kid on the back of the head. 
and was like, listen, bro, you're not, uh, you know, you're not a real estate agent. You know, you're not a salesman, you know, and he was right. You know, it's like, you, you know, you kind of have to come to terms with it, but I did have, but my website did look good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was great because, you know, at the time, these other real estate agents had really crap, really crap websites. Right. So all this time that I'm working in corporate now, and I've had all kinds of different jobs, like, uh, you know, technical sales, technical support. I was, you know, like all usually a technical position in the, in the sales department, if you will, mm -hmm. pre-sales. And they would never give me enough work to fill up the day, right? So I would go in and I would get everything done by 1130 in the morning and you can't really go home. No. Right. You know, you can't, and I don't smoke. Right. So what am I going to do outside with the smokers? You know, so, so I started teaching myself how to build websites, Joomla, WordPress, learn a little bit of PHP. So when anyone would walk by my desk, they would be like, Oh my God, this guy, Jeff, you know, he's just cranking out, you know, I'm always, you know, on the, on the keyboard. I, they would start giving me awards, right? Like a most productive employee of the month. And, you know, Jeff's such a great guy and he solves all these problems. And I'm like, if you guys had half a clue of what it is I do here on a daily basis, wow, uh, right? Yeah. It, so 11 and a half years ago, I got fired from my last job, which makes me about certified unemployable at this point. And what I did was, I, as I was building websites for people, I, I was, you know, at first it was great money for, you know, an extra dinner out a week type thing or, you know, mm -hmm. something for the little extras. But what happened was I would be like, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to grow this? How am I going to replicate this? Really started out with one angel client, right? Who basically she had about uh, like 50 websites under her belt, but she had this, uh, this webmaster that was basically that was just tearing her apart on on you know the per hour to maintain all of them and since this the, they were all joomla sites and i was already a joomla expert by then i was able to go in there and i'm like look I'll, I'll put you on a retainer right you know you send me everything i'll do you know i'll do it and cost wise it worked out for her all of a sudden i'm getting an extra i don't know like a thousand dollars a month you know just for fixing really easy things like uh you know can you make the heading a little bit bigger yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, things that would take me, you know, like 20 seconds to do, you know, this other guy was charging, you know, two hours of time, you know, and it's just, it just didn't make sense. And then I realized like, wait a second, this, this has really got legs. Mm -hmm. right? This is how you and, get out. Yeah. This is how you get out. And um, it started there. Uh, from there, I moved into website hosting, which is a great, um, which is a great residual, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like a recurring income. It's not, it's not something I'm going to necessarily get rich off of, but it's, you know, but it's steady, you know, it provides mm -hmm. a good foundation. And then after that, I, um, I started getting into the marketing aspect, which for me was much more exciting because when you get a website, a website contract, that's usually you get a big check in the beginning and a big check at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. But then if you walk away, like your focus is about building the website and then being done. And then you got to go out and go sell another one. Mm -hmm. Right. Most of the time people are like, um, well, I already bought a website from you. Why do I need another one? Or why does it need to be upgraded so quick? You know, things like that. So I would try to find any kind of um, any kind of ways to extract more money, whether it's uh, whether it's some kind of maintenance fee or I'm like, well, I can also market this for you. I could also write the content for you. Right. So, mm -hmm. and I would sell this stuff, like not having, not having a clue on how to do it. And then I'm like, 
you know, as soon as they said yes, that's when you start sweating. And mm-hmm. that's when you go to Upwork or Elance mm-hmm. or, you know, wherever you need to go and find somebody who can. And that's basically how I started the business. That's incredible. That's incredible. So I know one of the questions that everyone loves for me to ask is what did the first six months feel like? What did it look like? What were some of the hurdles? Because how many people do we know that are just starting out that they're just like you, they're scared to death to replace that income. So what did the first six months, I mean, was it, was it really hard making that switch? It was scary AF. I mean, yeah, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. You know, I mean, yeah, it is scary because what happens is that, you know, you're replacing one income. And if you look at it from a, you know, from a purely financial, like a, you know, like a financial point of view, you're putting all of your eggs in one basket. And a lot of people live, you know, um, you know, are like six weeks away from financial ruin when they lose their jobs. If they don't have enough savings or they don't have something else going on. I mean, you know, getting a job, you know, 11 years ago versus now it's, you know, it would always take me like a long time to do it. Like it doesn't just, Oh, I'll just go, I'll just go online and I'll be hired by Monday. It doesn't work Mm -hmm. like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, very scary. Right. Um, But at the same time, it's very invigorating because what I noticed was I now I think I happen to think I have an impressive uh, resume. You're welcome to go check it out on LinkedIn. Right. (laughs) But what happens is that I would send out this resume and I wouldn't get any calls back. I wouldn't get any calls back. But if I was to, you know, make a pitch for web design services or marketing services, I could usually close seven out of 10 of people looking to, and I'm like, wait a second. Like, why is that? Right. Yeah. And the main, so a friend of mine, you know, very wisely told me, he's like, listen, the, the main difference is that when you send a resume, you're sending it to an HR person, right? Who's mm-hmm. not the decision maker, who's kicks it over to maybe someone in that department who's filtering it for the hiring manager, right? So it's going through all these things and, you know, maybe you're just not getting through to that noise. Whereas when you're selling a web design project, you, you are talking directly to the decision maker, mm-hmm. right? And I think once you make that shift, right? That's where, uh, you know, like everything just goes. So, you know, the, you know, the clouds part, the sun starts shining down on you because then you realize like, wait a second, you know, I can really do this. Now, the thing you need to watch out for, right? Is that, you know, you need a number of these clients in order to make this work, right? So, you know, if you're charging, I don't know, a thousand, let's let's just say a thousand dollars per month per client, right? So what do you need? Mm-hmm. six clients away from, uh, you know, from making, you know, from making this dream come true to replacing an average salary at a middle mm-hmm. level, you know, whatever you're doing in corporate. Right. So you need like six of those. Right. And that's great if you can do it. Now, what happens when you lose one of those clients? It's not like losing a job because you still have five others. Mm-hmm. Right. So things, but it doesn't kill. And that's the most important part, right? Is that you're, you know, as long as you're providing good service and you're serving your customers well, and you're providing value above what it, above what they are paying you to do, then great. You're virtually, you are virtually guaranteed, you know, a position in your own company. And I think that's, that's one of the most important things to think about as you're, as you're putting this together is, okay, who am I serving and how well am I going to serve them? Yes. Yes. 
So, so true. I get asked that all the time. What's the one common factor in all of these agency owners? And it's always, they all have a passion for helping someone else. Like that, that has to be number one or you're not going to succeed period in my opinion. (laughs) So how many, so how many clients did you have on your plate when you finally left the corporate job? I think I had like three or four, three or four, you know, like, like I, all right. So keep in mind, you know, like I was laid off, it was forced upon me. Right. Oh, okay. Really happy going into an office, you know, collecting a salary on top of <laughs> everything else that I was doing. Right. Cause uh-huh. you know, one's guaranteed and the other isn't, you know, but, um, I honestly think that I, you know, I was blessed then and I'm blessed now, you know, awesome. to have, you know, to be able to, to grow as an agency owner and to come up with these different, with these different ways to, you know, to provide service to my customers, right. Whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, just website design or building sales funnels or, you know, chatbots, uh, writing content, content marketing for people, uh, running paid ads. These are all different, but complementary um, activities that, that go into a holistic, uh, you know, marketing approach that, in my opinion, every company needs, right? Yes. It just depends on what their budget is and how well they, they are running their businesses and things like that, which is so, now we're just getting down a whole different, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, a whole different uh, discussion, but yeah, I mean, you, uh, you, uh, you have to know who you serve. You have to be able to serve them. Well, I, uh, you, you, you have to like it, right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some parts of my business I do not like doing, but you know, okay. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes it's just gotta be done because I just don't have someone else, you know, on staff in order to tackle it at that, at, you know, at that one time. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. That's part of being a business owner. But then again, you have to do things like things that you don't like in your marriage or, yeah. you know, or in your relationship with your significant other, or, you know, you really love your children when they get sick and, you know, you have to go and take care of them and clean up after them and all that. So uh, I view it as all, as all part of the same game. Yes, 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 yes. So who would you consider or what do you consider an ideal client now? And what does your process look like for finding them? Because I'm sure it's changed over the years as you've grown. Yeah, so it, 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 it does morph, you know, it, it, but also it shifts depending on, you know, what, um, about what it is that I'm trying to sell, right? Because, you know, in an ideal world, you, you know, it's like, what are we trying to build? We're trying to build a money tree right? Where they're putting in a dollar and then you're giving them back a dollar 20, right? So it doesn't always work like that, right? Especially with new businesses. So I try to stay away from new businesses. I I definitely stay away from hobbyists. And um, what I'm looking for are are established businesses that already have a marketing budget that you don't need to sell them on why they need to pay Google Mm. X amount of money or why they need to pay Facebook X amount of money they need like they already need to understand like yes this is what i need now who's going to help me do it um you can get an mba now on youtube right i mean you can there is so much like you don't need me to do it all of the all of these tools out there are Mm self-service right but uh you're also welcome to you know spend the money It, it like i've seen ads you know, like for, you know, for specific keywords on Google, when I'm traveling in other countries for like a catering country, uh, catering company in Brooklyn that was targeting me as I was searching for things in Mexico city. And it's like, like, what the hell is this? Right. You know, it, and that even becomes like a, you know, like a, Hey man, you know, uh, I'm seeing your ad pop up over here. You're wasting ad dollars. You know, maybe I can help. Right. Yeah. Uh, type thing. So, you know, you kind of got to be on the lookout for that. 
you also have to be, uh, you know, cognizant of, you know, again, who, uh, who are you serving and how much, how much value you can bring to their organization. Right. And as long as you can provide that consistently, then you're guaranteeing yourself, you know, a position there. Gotcha. So is it any particular niche or are you just any organization that's got marketing right now? So I have traditionally shied away from niching lawyers, doctors, chiropractors, things like that. I just didn't, it, it just never excited me. Yeah. Right. You know, to be just the, you know, the guy for lawyers and, you know, I know, I know the riches are in the niches and I know that, you know, I've heard all of that. It's just, it's just not a modality that has worked for me. Yeah. So, the, you know, the answer to your question is um, I try to evaluate based on, you know, you know, based on how well I understand their industry, because some mm -hmm. industries I just like blew past me. Right. I don't understand what it is that you do. So I'm not going to take that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, others is, but the flip side of that, right? Is that I have access to the Google analytics and the stats and all that for a range of different companies from gynecologists to other kind of doctors to life coaches to e-commerce sites. So I'm able to borrow from what works in one area and apply it to another, mm -hmm. right? Whereas I think that someone who's just dealing with lawyers is, well, they're just dealing with lawyers. Mm -hmm. So. I, well, and I, you do hear a lot of the whole, you know, niching down. Yeah. yeah all the riches are in niches. Yes. But I wanted to, I'm, I'm glad that you say that you're not because you can still be successful even if you don't. Um, so I like pointing that out there. So if someone was new to digital marketing, where would you suggest they start on learning things and starting their agency? And, you know, um, so YouTube is like the obvious choice, right? You know, you can learn, you can learn anything there, but there's a lot of garbage out there as well. Like, who do you trust? Like, who do you, like, who do you believe? Right. Cause mm -hmm. you, you know, there are a lot of people that are just like, oh yeah, you know, this is how I do cold calling and this is how I make a thousand dollars a week using emails. And this one email, you know, made me $50,000 in six hours, things like that. It's very easy to eat that stuff up. Right. And to get all starry eyed and, you know, see if that's going to work. And that's fine. You should sort of dissect and see what it is that they're actually doing in order to earn that business. Right. But you should also look to see why they're putting it out there. Most likely those people are putting it out there as a precursor to selling you their course or their mastermind or their, you know, their group on how to, you know, how they're going to help you become an awesome digital marketer. What I would do is, um, you know, first of all, find some, you know, find some names you know, that you trust. So we were talking in the pre-call about uh, the traffic and conversions uh, mm -hmm. summit, right? So, you know, like that's a good one. There's the, there's a social media examiner expo also that happens, you know, if you want to get into sales funnels, there's the, you know, the click funnels community, find something established and just go with them. I think that, uh, you know, it, you are going to end up paying for, for a few courses here and there and different materials mm -hmm. and, you know, different trainings and things like that, you know, just try to see who's, who really is doing it instead of just the person that targeted you on Facebook saying, Hey man, I'm going to make you a million dollars next week. Yeah. Well, and I think going through, like you said, YouTube and some of the courses too, and finding what actually piques your interest and what you enjoy. Cause some of this, like you said, there's things that you do that you don't enjoy, but you know, figure that stuff out before you really dig too, too, too far into it. Exactly. So the things that you don't enjoy doing outsource. Yeah. Right. So I can code, 
right? But I, I, I don't particularly like it. It takes me a long time to do so. So make sure you have that guy who can, you know, who can code for you. Yeah. I, um, I, you know, was born and raised in this country. I know how to write. I've written essays before. I don't particularly like writing blog posts for, you know, 800 words on a, on women's health, you know, for my, <laughs> for my doctor's clients, but find somebody who can do that for you. Right. Yeah. And usually it'll be a lot more cost effective. So true. So true. But actually knowing a little bit, knowing just enough that you could do some damage is good too. I, I, I can build a website. That does not mean I want to. <laughs> I'm completely exactly. opposite end of you. <laughs> right. And also I think that, you know, the other big piece of advice I would give here is that, you know, don't chase, um, you know, don't chase opportunities, make the opportunities work for you. Right. So say, for example, you know, like you're building websites and, and this happened to me, I got, I got my butt burned with this was that I established myself as a Joomla and WordPress expert. Right. And then I had this one client that came around. It's like, Nope, I want you to use this other, I forgot the name of it already. And I was like, Nope, I, I don't, you know, I don't work on it. And he was very insistent. And then he threw a big check at me. Right. And I'm like, mm. well, I kind of needed the money at the time. So I took it and I uh, needless, the long story short, I failed miserably. And three months later, I gave I, I basically refunded them the whole thing. And I'm just like, it's all yours. Go for it. Sorry for your loss. I'm like, um, you know, good luck to you guys. But that was a really big lesson, right? Yeah. You know, it's like when you fire a client like that, right? And, you know, we could talk about firing clients because that's, mm. you know, that's a big thing, right? But when you fire a client like that, it opens up your energy so that you can go back to serving the clients that you love and that love you. Right. And when you get into a relationship that, you know, the client isn't a good fit or they're calling you at all hours and they're just acting all crazy and just, yeah, no. And no. trust your gut, your gut initially said, this is a bad idea. This is a bad is idea, bad. but you see that, that check and it just kind of changes things. So did that hey. client turn out? Was it, was it the fact that you were trying to build something on another platform or was the client the the bigger issue both yeah, it turned out to be well because i was trying to tell them like like why are you going with this half-baked e-commerce solution you know when aren't you going with something like spotify oh no oh no this half-baked uh, e-commerce solution I'm like, okay well you know yeah. now i'm gonna have to find another programmer that knows just this specific thing it, it, it was just bad right um, and he was one not thing willing I, to be educated on on why it's willing to be educated on it better, yeah yeah and I was still in the mode of, well, I'm willing to educate my, you know, because I was still in like learning phase, right? Well, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I should learn this. No, mm -mm. no, just, <laughs> just walk away. You know, like, no, <laughs> don't do that. So uh, I love the fact that your, your businesses are location independent. So how do you make that work and what tools or programs do you use to make it work? So, um, Let's start with the office space, right? Okay. So for a long time, for, for a long time, up until 2020, right? Um, I did not work from home, right? Because, uh, you know, I would just feel like prison and I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to be in the same place all day, every day, mm -hmm. right? So I got a subscription to WeWork, mm -hmm. right? And I would, I would drive 20 miles to the nearest WeWork and I would work from there and just put on my headphones and, you know, go in and go and do it. And then, you know, so I got divorced about seven years ago. And, um, what that did is that I went from being a hundred percent dead to a 50% dead, you know, 50% of the time I needed to be mm -hmm. with my kids. That other 50% of the time I did not need to physically be here. 
right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, okay, wait a second. If I don't need physically need to be here, I could be somewhere else, anywhere. Yeah. Right. And that's where I, and that's where I just got developed this wanderlust and like, you know, how far can I push this? So, um, you know, I would go to, you know, Los Angeles for a week, you know, just, you know, try to network over there. I would go to New York for a little bit. I'm like, wait a second, why am I still sticking around over here? Then I started going to, you know, going to Europe and to South America and it just became, you know, like, you know, working from another latitude, you know, for some, pre for some people, it's really distracting. For me, it's really creatively invigorating mm -hmm. that you're able to, you know, just, uh, I think though, it was like, a, I was like four days in Berlin and I had a, I had a big deadline then, but so I didn't really see much of the city except at night, but still I was, you know, I was in a different latitude. I was architecture, everything around me was completely different. It was very creative and like, I really enjoyed it. Right. And it I really does change your brain. There. Yeah. It really does change your brain. And it's like, okay, great. So, you know, so, so we work as one of them. Um, having a dual SIM phone is another, right? Okay. What so, is that? So uh, iPhones, the, the latest iPhones now have it. Um, Androids, not like you won't get it at T-Mobile or the Sprint stores, but if you order the same model of your phone on Amazon, like a Samsung Galaxy S9, S10, I don't know what, what they're up to um, the international versions allow you to put two sim cards into the phone okay gotcha right so what happens so you keep your sim card you know for your home country and then when you go to europe you get a uh, you get a prepaid you get a prepaid card for like 20 30 dollars your internet is going to be a lot faster right you're going to be on the local thing and you can still receive phone calls you know yeah. from your home country as well so for me that was a really big win um a good pair of headphones Right. Yeah. So, you know, the Bose uh, noise canceling ones, you know, those just, you know, they block out everything and, you know, just creates a little sound chamber. And of course, a, uh, you know, a powerful laptop that you can carry around with you. You know, nice. you want to make sure that you have the computing power to, you know, to do whatever it is you need to do while you're away. So those people that I talk to on this podcast that travel, and there's a lot of them that do, I always ask, where's your favorite place to travel to? Ooh, I have a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So, so my wife now she's from Brazil, right? And she, uh, you know, she needed to go back, um, you know, because her business is still based there in Sao Paulo. And when I would accompany her, uh, it's just great, you know, because it's an overnight flight. And she would, when we land at the airport, put her stuff away. She would go to her office, and I would go to mine. Nice. And, and you know, and it's just nice, you know, to just you know, just keep on going. So I don't even bother to tell clients anymore. Like, Oh, I'm traveling. Don't call me, you know, or put on that out of office reminder, like none of that. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, I managed to take my kids to Hong Kong and Japan. And, um, you know, my, now how old my are kids, your kids now? They're 16 and 14. So they were, okay. um, so they were 14 and 12 at the time. Right. So they were old enough, but you know, you still needed to kind of watch them, but they, you know, but they know and understand that I'm still on the clock. Mm -hmm. Right. And what was really cool was that we were, we were walking around the central area of Hong Kong. I get the email is, Hey Jeff, you know, I really need you to sign this contract. I'm like, great. I'm in Hong Kong. What the, how am I going to do this? Well, just go into a, you know, go into a WeWork. It was so freaking hot over there. Right. Cause it's just this really hot and humid place. We ended up spending like four or five hours, you know, because the kids are like, Oh, great. Fast internet, air conditioning. No, we're not, you know, a little bit of America, you know, yeah. that they could, uh, you know, everyone speaks English. She's like, no, that's great. 
you know, but they know that, uh, you know, that when I travel, I need to, you know, there every once in a while, I need to like duck stop. away in order yeah. to, you know, stop and do things. Um, you know, uh, depending on the time zone, it, maybe it's just me waking up an hour or two before them, mm -hmm. right. In order to just log on and do whatever, or if it's, uh, you know, making sure that it, it oh, but it's also, you know, it takes a little bit of planning, making sure my team knows, you know, where I am, what's expected of them, what things are coming down the pipe uh, are, are coming down the pipeline so that you can be sure that everything has, you know, is still running, you know, yeah. and then I was just able to just check in and, yeah. you know, answer questions and it's all good. You know, so that's one thing we haven't talked about yet. What does the team look like now, now that you're um, established and been around for a while, you know, HR happens. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, you know it fluctuates. So I try to, um, I uh, while I would like to work with full time people, I j I just have a harder time doing it. I like um, when I do hire somebody, I'm looking for other freelancers that like and engage in the freelance world, not those that are like, oh, I'm unemployed right now and I'm looking mm. for a gig type mm -hmm. thing. And and that distinction is really important, right? Because as soon as they find you know, they're, uh, you know, as soon as they find a full-time job, which will eventually happen, you lose them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, for me, training is expensive, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to, I have to train them on the Jeff of doing things. I need to train them on, you know, what, what this client looks like versus the other ones. It's, it's a pain. Um, I think for the most part, um, trying to create a culture is really important. Mm -hmm. And my thing when I, when I can, I try to travel to meet them in person. Right. And that I found has been my secret sauce because once you break bread with somebody, you know, not virtually, not on this, you know, this, mm -hmm. you know, the screen thing that we're doing, but really do it in person. It it changes the, changes the dynamic completely. Right. Because yeah. Because you're, you're real. real. You're real. You're yeah. real. And you know, they think, you know, if I'm worth it, there was this one pay, uh, paid ads guy I worked with in Uruguay, really great guy, knew his stuff. I mean, the fact that he was just so blown away that I took the time to go down there and meet with him. It was like, mm -hmm. like, that's it. I'm, I'm the coolest guy since sliced bread. Well, you know, and you got and a lot more loyalty to you because you have a, you've got some skin in the game too, because you took the step to go down there and, and get to know him and, and know his environment and the things that he's dealing with in, in his world. Exactly. So, you know, that can apply to just about everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, about everybody that you're dealing with, even those that, you know, they're in the Philippines or in India, you know, like my guy in India is the only one I haven't gone and visited yet. Right. But, you know, everyone else is like, yeah, when can we meet, you know? And, so is the um, whole team all across the globe or are they mostly U.S.? Um, no, right now I have a couple of content writers here. I have a couple in, uh, I have a couple in the Middle East. Um, I, I have a programming team also in Argentina. And, you know, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to know that I can pull from that diversity, right? Because mm -hmm. some, some of them have different skills than others, um, especially when you're working with expat Americans versus, you know, local people, there's just this different dynamic, right? You know, it's like, a, you know, I'm, there are lots and lots of people who can write university level English around the world, right? But if you're trying to do that with somebody in the Philippines, and I'm not meaning to knock on them specifically, right? But you know, if you need to explain to them what a 401k plan is, yeah, right. I, in expat American would just know that, you know, oh, that's the, you know, your retirement plan. But if you have to sit there and explain it each and every time, 
is, you know, there's slows your process down. Yeah. yeah, it slows your process down, you know, or if you try to talk about, uh, you know, coffee culture, you know, like working out of a coffee shop or things like that, you know, for somebody who doesn't do that, you know, that's a stretch. So, yeah. you know, you can, you kind of have to think to yourself like, okay, how am I get? you know, so I'm looking for that. Um, I'm looking for that chemistry as well. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for that, uh, you know, somebody I can connect with, somebody who I'm friendly with. It, it, not that I'm trying to be your friend, but it would help that we're friendly with each other that, yeah. you know, like I get, I get to know their, you know, their situation, whether they have uh, like, I don't know, sick family members at home, or if they have eight kids running around different holidays in different countries, that's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, not everyone... <laughs> You know, uh, the other cultural norms like 13th salary, you know, a lot of these developing countries have the concept of what's called a 13th salary, right? Where it's usually, a, it's what we would call here a Christmas bonus, oh, right? okay. but, but over, you know, like in the Philippines or, or in, uh, you know, or in Latin and South America, it's a, you know, it's codified in law for people that work in corporate jobs, right? But since you're a freelancer, you know, you can get away with, you know, you can feign ignorance on it, right? But if you adhere to those same norms that they're used to, right, that also, you know, increases yeah. the loyalty, right? Because, you know, like, how are you going to do it? And also, like, figuring out, like, what's the Amazon of that country, right? So, or mm. figure out a way to get, uh, you know, to buy gifts, uh, gift cards. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I can't just go and give them a Starbucks gift card. That Starbucks gift card only works here, yeah. right? So you want to, and Amazon doesn't ship everywhere. Right. So if you can find out what they use locally and, you know, I think that the, you know, also you're working, you know, you're trying to work with the disparities of income, right. You know, when, mm -hmm. you know, when you're paying someone five, 10, $15 an hour versus what you pay over here, you know, 25, $30 an hour, there's a big disparity. Whereas, you know, a hundred dollars to you and I is a good steak dinner. It's electricity for their family, mm -hmm. you know, someplace else. And, you know, you kind of got to, you know, make that shift. So the more generous you can be with them, you know, the more, the more I think you can cultivate that loyalty much, much better. So true. So true. So when do you, you know, when do you decide that it's time to find and hire someone else, whether that be employee or your contract work, how do you know when it's time to actually bring somebody else in? Uh, when the first employee maxes, maxes out, right? Okay. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, uh, um, you know, people do max out, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that replacing, you know, so here's a, you know, here's something, ownership, right? Like I own my clients and the work that I put out for them. An employee won't necessarily do that for you, right? They won't own it. Like you give them 10 tasks and they get the tasks done and then, you know, they want to close up shop and, you know, their priorities are different. So mm -hmm. getting them to work as hard as you are, they're just not going to do that at whatever it is that you're paying them. Right. So, you know, that's, it's important to think about it. Right. So, um, so first of all, you know, diversify, right. I mean, even if you have just one writer on staff, right. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes, mm. you know, some stupid mistake at some point you can use Grammarly, you can use the spell check, right. But something is going to happen. Right. So try to have two part-timers as opposed to one full-timer, mm -hmm. right. Back at least with two part-timers, right. You can, you know, when one writes something, the other one proofs it. When sure. the second one writes something, the first one proofs it, right? So, you know, you can do things like that to, you know, sort of mitigate. It also helps you grow because, you know, um, you know, they're going to get pregnant, 
they're going to get uh <laughs> they're going to get uh you know they're going to have their different holidays i laugh I laugh when you said get pregnant because in our company there was there was there was five most of us were women we have one guy and the rest mm-hmm. of us are women three of us got pregnant all within one month of each other or when i say one month like i was pregnant the There's other one was due two weeks later <laughs> none of us were near each other it wasn't the water <laughs> yeah but all three of us went on maternity leave all within four weeks of each other now the thing about maternity leave here in the u.s is that um it's like okay great you had your baby when are you coming back yeah right in the rest of the world, maternity leave is a three to six month affair, mm-hmm. right? Now you can, you can be in, you know, not to pay them for it, you know, or you can try to hang on to their job, right? But, you know, these are things you need to plan for, mm-hmm. right? Whether they're full-time, part-time, freelancer, whatever, you, you know, that happens, mm-hmm. you know, my, and my, my wife's company, you know, one of her, you know, one of her editors just uh, didn't even announce that she was pregnant. She announced that she was going on mat leave. Right. So we had no idea. And it's like right now in her earning season, right. You know, where she needs, you know, that work right away. And, and she, you know, she gave her like three days notice, like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm taking off for three months. Cause I'm, you know, I'm having a baby. That's a WTF moment, right? Yeah. Like, um, that was not very professional. So it really put her in a bind. Oh yeah. Cause it's not like you didn't know for nine months that you were going to have a baby. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, you know, not everyone is going to give you that courtesy, you know, it's not that they're bad people. It's just that uh, their priorities are different. Yeah. Right. So you can, cl- you know, if you can clone a Tabitha. Yeah. Great. Go ahead. You know, good luck with that. I've been trying to clone a Jeff for a good long time now, and I have not been successful at it. No, it's so, hard, but you, treating you know, people right. Like my, my employer, I got three months off paid for maternity leave, which was incredible. So am I a better, a more dedicated employee now because of that? You better bet. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. I think GoDaddy gives, uh, gives six months, even, oh, wow. um, uh, even for the guys as well. Yeah. My, my account rep over there, he's like, yeah, I'm going on mat leave. I'm like, you know, at first I was like, dude, seriously, like. He's like, yeah, well, you know, the guys get it too. And I'm like, wow. That's I, incredible. That is, I had never heard that in any company, much less, you know, much less a, a United States based company. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. Dads usually get a week, if that, if, if that. that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And sometimes it comes out of your vacation time. You yeah. know, over here, we're just not set up for something like that. Right. Which and, is sad. But, you, it needs to change. But these countries, you know, those, you know, those, those rights are codified are codified in their laws. And even though you were circumventing them by hiring outside of the country and not paying the taxes and, you know, being a freelancer and all that, you know, it's, it's still the right thing to do to make sure that those people are taken care of. Mm -hmm. It goes a long way in cultivating, in cultivating loyalty. Uh, Yeah. And finding the team that's going to stick with you and not, you know, bounce in and out every time something changes. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So do you have any other projects or business ventures that are on the horizon that you want to share about this? I, um, I love the idea of chatbots. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm diving headfirst, uh, this quarter into, into chatbots and setting up some sales funnels for local businesses. I think that they're an amazing way to collect leads. They're mm-hmm. an amazing way to, uh, to, uh, to pass out discount codes, occasions. And they're relatively easy to implement. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, my, that's my latest focus now. 
is yeah. integrating chatbots into the agency model. Well, and I think there's such a big thing right now for especially restaurants in the COVID industry or COVID culture that we're in where you can't go into restaurants much anymore. It's a great way to get your information out there. I had, and I know better, but I signed up for one the other day. It was a, a pizza place that was like, oh, it's your birthday. Here, sign up for this. And it, I went through the whole chat thing and I'm like, yep, I want that pizza. I want the pizza. I want the pizza. <laughs> so it definitely works well. Definitely works well. So one of the last questions that I always like uh, ending all the podcasts with is what are you currently listening to reading or watching that's helping you grow as a person or as an entrepreneur? I am nerding out right now on anything Russell Brunson and the ClickFunnels community. Okay. Um, I, I've really latched on to their, um, you know, their mode, their excitement uh, about doing things. I went to their, um, I went to their convention a year and a half ago. And one of the things I have a terrible, violent, allergic reaction to are the people that show you, that show you your wealth. The ones that are like, see my watch, you see that ring, you see that big house with the, you know, in the ocean, show me that and I'm out the door. Like, I was like, I, you mean that house you rented just to do that? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, don't show me your Ferrari. Don't show me your thing. And I'm like, you know, I went to that convention thinking if someone so much shows me a picture of their house, I'm out of there right? Nobody did. Uh -huh. Nobody did. And what was funny is that, you know, you're in, you know, you're in a room where you don't know who's a millionaire and who isn't, who's killing mm -hmm. it in the space and who isn't. And, you know, like some of the people I was talking to, and then, you know, like you're just talking and yeah, they're cool people, you know, hanging out at the, you know, at the concession thing, you know, while, you know, trying to get, and then 10 minutes later, the guy's up on stage and it's like, well, wait a second. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, He's a real person, yeah. you know, he's a real person and he's, you know, yeah, it, it, it was just a really good community. And, and that's why I lit up to it. It's just, uh, it, it, they genuinely, um, you know, serve this community, right. As opposed to just trying to, trying to get money out of you. So, so, so that's what I'm binging on right now. I like it. I like it. So where can our listeners, uh, find out more about you and about your agency and what you're sure. up to? So, so the best way to reach me is to, is to check out my website, jeffmendelson.com, J-E-F-F-M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-N.com. Uh, my podcast is also there. I have a podcast titled The One Big Tip, where it's a short format, 10 to 15 minute discussion where we, where I interview people that deal with, uh, you know, just one big tip and how to, you know, how to make it work for you, how to measure it, how to implement it. And, um, you know, you get, uh, link and messenger i love talking about this stuff if you haven't noticed it yet so you know please feel free to reach out i you know i love this stuff right i i can talk about each one of these subjects all day every day so well that's when work no longer is work when you just enjoy it that much so exactly. well jeff thanks so much for being on the podcast i have enjoyed our conversation and getting to know like your path and your travels and all that so thanks for being on thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.